here's the thing this morning as uh, as I was in prayer uh, this week a couple of things that God's really been highlighting uh, in my own life and my own uh, knowledge of what he's doing at vintage kind of speaking into and one of the things I feel like God's speaking and we'll and we're kind of praying into I say we really I am right now we will continue as a body is what does it mean to be a people of his presence and being a people that actually lit, believe that God is, is alive and moving. And that we are a people then who, who long for His presence, not just here at church on a Sunday morning as we gather as the church, but who expect His movement, His presence everywhere that we go, that we expect to, you know, this word fragrance is such a beautiful word, right? You think of fragrance and you think, some of you think of like your grandma wearing that perfume you just can't get away from. I'm not thinking of that necessarily, okay? I'm thinking of this fragrance that when you're with it, you just want to close your eyes and experience it. That's the idea of what we believe Jesus is doing and who he is, that he is a that he is with us and that his fragrance is with us and that where we go, we bring that fragrance with us. And like, I just wonder, like, have you ever been around people that they think differently than you? They act differently than you. But when you're with them, you know that they love you and they care about you, that they're for you and not against you and that you just want to be near to them. And so oftentimes these are people who God is really moving in. And we want to be these people. We want to be people of His presence. We want to be people who, who are living in the context of His nearness. If you have your Bibles, actually, I would encourage you just to follow along on the screen this morning. It's a little dark in here for Bibles, and so just read along on the screen. And just think in the context of worship in the presence of Jesus. Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. This is great, massive miracle that's changed humanity. And he's not now living with his disciples, right? He's not with them nonstop. It's like he reveals himself mysteriously, then mysteriously he'll pull away. And so they don't know when he comes. He's kind of like the wind, right? It comes and you can see it and you experience it, then it's gone, right? And so Jesus is in one of those moments and seasons in this, in this post-resurrection period of, of not being with them. And it's, we pick it up in verse 3. It simply says this, Simon Peter said to them, the other disciples, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. These are men after my own heart. They went out, got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, I don't think they, it's probably like, No. Right? They're frustrated. He said to them, Hey, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved, as John, therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, but he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, but about a hundred yards off. 
when they got on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and so with the fish. This was the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Scripture is silent on the motivation of Peter and going fishing. We don't know that he goes fishing because he just wanted to have some level of normalcy in his life. So he returned to the thing that he knew. Were that just, they run out of food to eat, and so the disciples said, hey, let's just go fishing so we can catch some fish. Was it one of those things that Paul was just kind of frustrated with just how things were going? He's like, I've just got to get away and escape. We don't really know exactly what was going on, but we know in this story that, that Peter and the disciples got away, and in this moment, Jesus has a lesson about ministry and life for them that he wants to teach them that then becomes a story that he wants to tell you. And in this story we find first is, number one, what it looks like fishing without Jesus. So fishing is analogous here for life. It's analogous for ministry, right? But it's specifically fishing, fishing without Jesus. If you know anything about the call of Peter earlier on in the gospel, he's out fishing in a boat. He's mending his nets after a really poor night of fishing when they hadn't caught anything. Jesus comes, gets on his boat, and says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men, right? And then there was a miracle that happened, another miraculous catch in the moment, right? And so from that moment on, fishing was really important to the life of the disciples and the training of Jesus. We know in that moment, we know at one point in time, Jesus shows his authority and says, we got to pay taxes, go look and just go find a fish, look in his mouth and pull it out. We know there's a couple of miracles of the fish and the loaves, right? Where Jesus just miraculously multiplies bread and he multiplies fish. And in this moment, we know later, in fact, in just a few verses later, we didn't read about in chapter 21. Jesus is going to look at Peter and look at Peter and then look at the fish on the fire and says, do you love me more than you love these? Do you love me more than you love what's normal in your life? Do you love me more than what's comfortable to you? Do you love me more than your old life? Because the idea of fishing without Jesus is a picture of our old life. And if you see in the moment, right, he didn't catch anything. And I'll be honest with you, as a fisherman, I've been fishing a lot, unfortunately, going and waking up three o'clock in the morning and fishing literally all day long and coming home and my kids saying, what'd you catch today, daddy? And I'm like, nothing. Why? <laughs> right? And there's nothing more demoralizing or overwhelming than this. But here they're dragging nets. It's overwhelming. And in this moment we see it's ministry. It's life without Jesus. There's no fruit. It's frustrating. It is overwhelming. It is marked by tension. It's marked by weariness. It's overwhelming. And the question we ask in worship this morning is this real simple. 
Where are you living life without Jesus? Where is, is your life marked by these things? Where are you finding your life marked by worry, fear, frustration, and doubt? Where is your life marked by a lack of fruit, a lack of joy? We are called to be a people of His presence, which so we see number two, a life slash ministry fishing with Jesus. In this story, they've had this moment of being demoralized, overwhelmed, and then Jesus from the shore says, Have you caught anything? Oh, you've got to be kidding me. There's nothing worse than going past somebody when you're fishing. They're like, Are you catching anything? And you're like, No, we haven't caught anything. How about you? We're killing it. Oh, right. And here's Jesus. And like we find out later, he literally has already, whether he's miraculously just like, like manifested fish or caught them, we don't know. But he has them, right? So there's this moment like, have you caught anything? Oh my gosh, that guy's asking. No, jerk, stop asking. In this moment, right, is this overwhelming. And then Jesus from the shore, without them knowing who it is, says, they say, he says, cast on the other side of the boat and you will find fish. And you've got to let that sink in because they're going, is it Jesus? They've already had this experience. They've already had this story. They already know what Jesus can do. And I guarantee you, Peter and John, who were competitive with one another, but loved Jesus with the very fabric of their being, are both like, get the nets in, get the nets, get get, 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 get them. And they're like literally with anticipation, right? With anticipation and probably a level of like nervous excitement, taking their nets and throwing in the other side. And I don't think there was probably a moment of waiting. I guarantee all of a sudden their nets begin to do this. And all of a sudden, they're just looking at one another, and we find out that, that John immediately knows it's the Lord. Like, he just figures it out. He just knows, like, this is a miracle that only Jesus could do. The Lord is present. And so what we find in this moment is, like, this unbelievable reality of what it's like fishing with Jesus. Like, there's a life of fruitfulness. There's a life of expectation. There's a life of, of, of knowing His presence. And the idea is really simple. When we fish with Jesus, when we do life with Jesus, when we do ministry with Jesus, and being a people of His presence, being a people who say, God, you're who I want. Jesus, you're all that I need. I'm going to live my life today in your presence. I'm going to move today, and I need your presence. God, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for people. I'm doing life. I'm doing business. I'm parenting today and I can't do there's no fruit in my own strength but with Jesus when I'm fishing with Jesus when I'm doing life with Jesus he's saying there is fruit it is the Lord it's a miraculous and big thing but don't miss the third part of the story Jesus cooks men Jesus is cooking a meal and this is something you'd easily look over but you can't miss the point it's a small detail. Jesus has just done a huge miracle. But they get in and Jesus cared enough about their hunger to take some time to build a fire, bring some bread, and to begin cooking fish for them. And the thing that I don't want you to miss is that Jesus is with us and his presence in the miracles. And Jesus is just present with us 
and the everyday reality of need that you have no matter how small it is. I think so often we feel guilty praying small prayers because we believe God's just a big God. But here he is cooking a meal for these guys that he loves. Listen, we're not even sure if they were supposed to be fishing. Right? Jesus had told them earlier on, like, hey, just go to Galilee and I'll be there. And they're in Galilee, but they're kind of like on the, like on the sea, right? <laughs> on the lake, whatever it is, right? And like, we're not sure they're exactly supposed to be fishing. It wasn't like Jesus said, go to the lake and go fishing together, right? No, we have no idea exactly what's happening. We don't know if they should even be there, but he meets them. And that's just great to me because there are times in my life, I'm sure none of you are like this, that I'm questioning if I'm where I'm supposed to be and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Have you ever felt that way? And Jesus still met him in the moment? Jesus cooks for you. He's with you. Some of us today are like, like, we love Jesus, but he's, where is he? And he's like, I'm here in the small things. And the response this morning, we go back into worship this morning. And, and as, as we worship, I want you to be thinking about these things for you. Are you fishing without Jesus? Like, just allow the Lord to search you this morning and to convict you of the areas in your life and in my life. Well, I'm searching out my own life. You can search out your own life, right? Don't search out my life. That'd be awkward. I won't search out yours. But you allow God to search your life. And just to put lovingly, with great conviction, put his finger on the areas where you're fishing without Jesus. And then say, Jesus, right? Turn to him. And then, God, come. Like he's present. He's doing this work. And say, Jesus, I just want to fish with you. I just want to do life with you. I just want to do ministry with you. I just want to, just, to live these areas of life with you, Jesus. And then say Jesus and here are the small things here are the things God that I, I long for you to, to speak into in my, into my life no matter how big or small that they are because he cooks and the idea is real simple and I don't want you to miss this in the story it's so rich Peter has this moment where John says it's the Lord and Peter takes his jacket puts it around I don't know why he does that exactly because it's going to get wet and he dives in extravagantly in love with Jesus he can't spend another moment separated from him if he's present to be found do you see that I can't stay in the boat when I can just swim to be near him the quickest way to get to him I've got to make it happen I can't live another moment separated from him I went fishing because I just couldn't figure life out without him but he's present and I've got to go near to him but don't miss too that then the disciples and John who love him too what do they do this is a, it's an aside it's like they carefully bring the gift that Jesus has given them and care for it to express their love and thankfulness to Jesus and bring it to shore. Why is that a big point? Because here's the thing. And here, everybody hear this. You are unique in how you express your love to Jesus. 
I'm not saying you have to be Peter, and I'm not saying you don't have, you can't be like Peter, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be like John or should be. I'm simply saying, do you know how to receive and express love to Jesus? Then let's be those people. Because he is near and he is with us. So this morning, we're going to get back into worship. I invite the teams coming back up to lead. So it's a sing and to lead worship. Come on up. But here's what I'm looking for this morning. And I'm asking. I'm just asking. As we go back into worship, this is how it's going to work. We're going to sing songs until we're done. After ministry, there are ministry teams who are here. Ministry teams are those people that we've highlighted every week who just come and pray for people who have needs, whatever they are. After two songs, they're going to just make their way up and stand in the corners here to pray and to do ministry. But for the first two songs, they're going to just be here just to worship themselves. In the context of this time, just so you know, there's going to be no special time for our offering. Here are our offering baskets. As the Lord leads, you come. We have an offering basket there. We have a giving kiosk outside. We have communion. This is available to you the entire time we're in worship to come and to celebrate God, to celebrate his nearness, to celebrate his life, his death, and his resurrection, to remember all that he's done. So in remembering, it makes him present with us today. So I invite you to worship this morning. Now, here's the thing. If you would like to stand in worship, then as I begin to walk off stage, I invite you to stand. If you want to sit in worship, then I invite you to sit. If you want to come to the altar and worship, I invite you to come to the altar. If you want to stand in the back and dance before the Lord, I then please do that. I've, I've, the thing the word, the, the word God's sharing to me about worship is people want to worship specific ways, but they have to worship in the way that I've designed them to worship. So if you're a dancer and not dancing, then dance before the Lord. If you're a stander and a hand raiser, then be a stander and a hand raiser. And if you are a, a sitter and a contemplator and a focuser, then sit and contemplate and focus. Just worship. So, Father, we worship you. We thank you for that you are a God who's near, that you are faithful. I pray for those this morning who are far off from you or do not know you. I just pray this morning with the fullness of your love that they would experience you and know it's you, Jesus, and be moved towards you. We ask for breakthrough this morning. We say, Jesus, we long for your presence. We long to be people of your presence. God, we want to be a place and a people where your presence dwells richly. And people come off the streets, God, and say, this people's different. Something is different here. We can simply say, we're not great at anything, but we are great at loving Jesus. And that's who's here today with us. So Holy Spirit, awaken us today to where we are not fishing with Jesus, where we need to fish with Jesus. And just awaken us, God, to the things that you do in us. Lord, we worship you this morning. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's worship as the Lord leads.